Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world's bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Crazy Like Us, The Globalization of the American Psyche. As you may have been aware, the title of this book is a play on words as it can be interpreted both as crazy like us and crazy like the US. Why is this? Wathers has noticed American culture pervading the world in different countries, the ubiquitous McDonald's, the well-known Nike logo, and the Disney characters that have become a common childhood memory for many people around the world. In this era of globalization, the world's diversity is quietly diminishing, and the landscape of the planet is becoming more and more similar. For Americans, the old joke has become bizarrely true, wherever we go, there we are. However, the problem that worries Wathers is that the similarity of mental illness around the world is increasing. The world is becoming more and more similar in the way it is going crazy. He argues that with the increasing speed of globalization, the mental illnesses in American culture are spreading rapidly throughout the world. Furthermore, the methods of diagnosing and treating mental illnesses that the United States exports to the world are becoming international standards. Under this unconscious influence, we are flattening and homogenizing the landscape of the human psyche around the world. In fact, people in different cultures and religions have their own understanding of mental illness, and the symptoms of mental illness are varied and unique. Ignoring these differences and applying standardized criteria to the diagnosis and treatment of mental illness will only make the situation worse. Wathers traveled to Hong Kong, Sri Lanka, Zanzibar, and Japan and from these travels selected four cases of mental illness. In the book, he tells the stories of these diseases in different cultures and reveals that treatments by standardized American criteria completely ignore differences in culture and religion. The driving force behind this phenomenon is the multi-billion dollar drug industry. They sell mental illness to people for profit. In other words, they promote universal disease categories and make fortunes selling the drugs that can cure those illnesses. The author of this book Ethan Wathers is an American writer and journalist who has long been devoted to non-fiction writing in psychiatry and social psychology. Some of his books have been featured in the Best American Science and Nature Writing series. Throughout his career, Wathers has reported on issues such as daycare abuse scares, satanic cult conspiracies, and therapists who deliberately misled their patients. His work has aroused national discussion and reflection on related social phenomena. This book Crazy Like Us is also a report of Wathers' in-depth investigation in psychiatry and psychology. Next, we will discuss stories of mental illness in detail from four countries and explore the social phenomena behind these stories. The first story, Hong Kong China, Anorexia. The second story, Sri Lanka, PTSD. The third story, Zanzibar, Tanzania, Schizophrenia. The fourth story, Japan, Depression. Dr. Sing Li, a psychiatrist in Hong Kong, is a prominent Chinese scholar in anorexia research. When he came back to Hong Kong in the 1980s after completing his studies and training in the UK, he began to study anorexia among the Chinese population he wondered why young well-off ladies were starving themselves. In the book, Dr. Lee tells the story of Zhao, a female patient he treated in 1988. 
Zhao was devastated after her boyfriend deserted her by emigrating to England and began to refuse food and skip meals. At 5 feet 3 inches and 110 pounds, Zhao was getting thinner and thinner. By the time she sought medical treatment, she weighed just 48 pounds. At that time, Zhao was nothing but skin and bones, with sunken eyes, hollow cheeks and pale cold skin, and a subnormal body temperature. Her blood pressure was low, and her heartbeat was barely 60 beats per minute, she looked sad and tired. From the results of the various tests, Zhao's symptoms were very different from those of Western anorexia. According to the standard definition of anorexia in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders published by the American Psychiatric Association, patients suffering from anorexia have an intense fear of becoming obese, even when underweight. But Zhao did not worry about being overweight at all. And she didn't have any misperception about the emaciated condition of her body. Western anorexics typically have the desire to eat and they diet to maintain their weight. But Zhao never restricted the amount of food she ate, and she didn't eat much due to abdominal fullness. Western anorexia is usually a wealthy disease that happens to young ladies. They control their diet and maintain their body image under the influence of fashion and culture, which obviously did not apply to Zhao. Although Dr. Li was unsure whether Zhao should be diagnosed with anorexia, Zhao was hospitalized, and the treatment was ineffective. Her weight rose from 48 pounds to 59 pounds during her hospital stay, but soon after she left the hospital her weight dropped back to 48. Four years later, she died of heart failure due to her poor health, weighing only 42 pounds at the time of her death. She had no other diseases other than multiple organ atrophy due to chronic starvation. She starved herself to death. Dr. Lee failed to, to save Zhao. From the case of Zhao and other anorexic women interviewed in Hong Kong, Dr. Lee concluded that many anorexic women had their own psychological incentives and that a global template for anorexia was of little use in cases like Zhao's. To learn more about anorexia, Dr. Lee decided to go on a diet and experience what it was like to be an anorexic. At the same time, he also consulted medical literature to see how anorexia was documented in history. Dr. Lee dieted for three months and lost 12% of his body weight. The first two months were hard, his stomach ached and growled for food, and he lost 10 pounds. By the third month, his body and emotional state began to change. His body fell into a hyperactive state, and he would go to bed later but wake up earlier. He was happy most of the time, and his hunger disappeared. He began to feel a hyper-alertness and experienced the sort of runner's high that one feels in the middle of a good workout. He developed a sense of mastery over himself and a sense of superiority over others, during which he lost 10 pounds with little effort. He was super happy with the fact that he had been able to keep the experiment going. These feelings reminded Dr. Lee of a patient who once told him that anorexia felt like getting on a train, only to discover too late that she was headed in the wrong direction. This patient felt she had little choice but to stay on that train to the final destination. Dr. Lee consulted extensive medical literature and found that anorexia had been documented in the mid-19th century. The descriptions of those anorexics from more than 100 years ago and half a world away sounded strikingly similar to his patients in Hong Kong. They refused food because they felt a blockage in their throats and could not swallow food. For a long time, 
people did not know what this disease was, and it was called such names as apepsia hysterica, neuropathic disorders of gastric sensibility, and visceral neurosis, etc. It was not officially recognized as a disease until 1873. A year later, the name of anorexia nervosa would become standard. After the disease was officially named, the incidence of it began to climb dramatically. So, what caused the increase in cases of anorexia? According to Edward Shorter, an expert in the history of psychosomatic illnesses, psychosomatic illnesses are examples of the unconscious mind attempting to express its emotional distress in language that will be understood in its time. In other words, I am emotionally distressed, and I want your recognition. But how can I prove it? Patients may unconsciously express their psychological suffering by choosing a behavior from a limited number of symptoms in the symptom pool. Patients may even produce symptoms unconsciously to prove how serious their inner pain is. When anorexia nervosa was officially named, identification with it became widespread as a form of expression of internal distress. This is why the number of anorexic patients has skyrocketed. In the early 1990s, anorexia was rare in Hong Kong. Perhaps the beliefs of Chinese culture provide a protective mechanism, such as a good appetite is a blessing, gaining weight is a blessing, laugh and grow fat, and so on. But the symptom pool of anorexia can express people's inner pain in the form of a disease. Dr. Lee feared that at some point, there would be an epidemiogenic trigger for anorexia that once tripped would exert an explosive effect. Five years later Dr. Lee's fear came true. The death of Charlene Su Chi Ying was the trigger for the outbreak of anorexia nervosa in Hong Kong. In November 1994, a 14-year-old secondary school student died on the streets of Hong Kong. In August of that year, she began to suddenly lose weight and ultimately starved herself to death in three months. It became sensational news in Hong Kong where Charlene's case became the voice for anorexia nervosa. Her death would disturb the public. Why did this 14-year-old girl become anorexic? This involved several complex social changes. The mid-1990s was a special time when China was about to regain its territorial sovereignty over Hong Kong. Facing an uncertain future, many families chose to emigrate. During that period, Hong Kong experienced drastic changes, not only in the social context but also in the family structure. The social stress on the adolescent population was especially evident, and Charlene was the spokesperson of emotions in that era. The media coverage of anorexia in 1994 increased the gravitational pull of the disorder on the unconscious minds of the population, making it more likely that teenagers would communicate their internal distress with dieting. Dr. Lee had new patients every week. To express their internal distress, patients chose symptoms from the symptom pool. By 1997, 80% of anorexics said they were afraid of obesity. By 2007, almost all anorexics reported fat phobia. They were getting closer to the Western version of the disease. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.